You mean the Anaheim Ducks are still paying Corey Perry to score in the playoffs? Really? Also, Josh Manson, we miss you, buddy. And we'll look at another name that the Ducks could go after in this year's NHL draft. Let's hit it. Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everyone, to a new week of Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez. I've been covering hockey for over a decade, and I want to thank you all for making this your first listen of the day. Go ahead and like us on YouTube. And also, also, this podcast is free and available across all platforms. And finally, this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. So before we get started, here's a little preview of what's coming up this week. Today, we're going to talk about the Stanley Cup final because, hey, former Ducks have come in the limelight more than a little bit. And also, we're going to look at another player that is kind of on my radar. On the next podcast, it's going to lean in more towards the NHL awards. And then later on this week, we're going to have our Locked On NHL Mock Draft 1.0. Yeah, so that'll be its own episode. That'll be later on this week. All right. Let's talk about some former Ducks, shall we? And well, actually, let's talk about the Stanley Cup in general, but mostly former Ducks because all four of them have contributed in some way to where we are right now. And I talked about Game 1 last week. Let's talk about just the series in total. Yeah, the Tampa Bay Lightning just did not show up in Game 2. In fact, they were blanked. 7 nothing at the hands of the Colorado Avalanche. So at the time, that series was 2 nothing, And I thought, okay, this series is probably over. But at the same time, I thought to myself, this is Tampa Bay. I did predict last time that Tampa Bay would come back and make that a series against New York. And they did. Well, they're well on their way to doing that again. Because Monday night, that was quite a show the Tampa Bay Lightning pulled. Scoring Four in the second period and overtaking the Colorado Avs early lead. And in fact, one of those goals was taken away. There was a very close offside call yet again. And this one went against the Colorado Avs. That that probably lasted a good five minutes or so. I would say five minutes, maybe. But it was offside. So the goal doesn't count. Play continues. Colorado does score later on, but it didn't last. Colorado scored. Landy scored. And then Tampa Bay said, yeah, hold this. So Sorelli scored and Pat Maroon getting an assist again. Then Andre Palat scored. And then Nick Paul scored. Okay. Then it just went like all hell broke loose. Everybody started scoring, including the big rig, Pat Maroon. Yes, former Anaheim Duck Pat Maroon scored his fourth of the playoffs. Final score on that one was 6-2, to two, but let's talk about the former Ducks now. And let's start on the Colorado side because this is something that I've been just watching closely is how well Josh Manson has done with the light shining on him. Josh Manson... On a sweet assist from another former Duck, Cogs. Yeah, 
he's still doing his thing. Andrew Cogliano had not one but two primary assists on that game too. He had the assist to Josh Manson. And then a really, really nice shorthanded goal. This was a bad turnover by Tampa Bay, but also great awareness by Cogs to get that right on Kel McCarr's stick. And he just put it in. So McCarr doing his thing, but props to Cogs for just having good overall awareness. And I feel like we got to talk about just those depth players of Colorado. And Cogs is one of the important Cogs of the Colorado Avs. He's doing it on both ends of the ice. He's making smart plays. Yes, Coglano making very smart plays in the defensive zone, in the neutral zone as well. And also making some terrific passes and finding the open man. That pass to Josh Manson for that second Colorado goal, that was a chef's kiss pass too. And Manson got it right on the money as he was coming down the ice. And let's talk about the shot by Josh Manson. Because he was coming in at a pretty good speed and it had a blistering shot right there. It was right on the money. It was perfect. And this is something that Josh Manson has at times been very good at. Is driving the net and finding the open lane. But also finding that open area just above the goalie shoulder. You know, that's something that the Ducks missed when they traded him. Hey, he could come back. You never know. There's been those rumors. Manson could come back to the Ducks. But that'll be another topic for another day. Manson in these playoffs, he's shown that with the spotlight not being on him, he can get in there being that second pairing guy and just score important goals. And that's what he's done. He scored very important goals. That one was an important goal. Still, his most important goal was that overtime game winner. But this one is up there and you could bet that he was thrilled to get that one. So Josh Manson, hats off to you, buddy. And as I said, hats off to Cogs. They themselves have put themselves in a position where they can finally win their first cup. And I think those two guys do deserve it. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Because neither of them have ever won a cup, for me personally, I think they deserve it a little bit more. I would, I would like to see Colorado win it. I've been a fan of theirs for a while. I actually I picked Colorado during the bubble season. I picked them to win it all. I thought they were a fantastic team. This season, they brought in those small pieces that have helped put them over the top. So while I did not pick them to win it all, I hope they do win it. And I hope, I hope they appreciate the hard road that they took both Cogliano and Manson. They have been in this league for a long time. And I think both those guys are very deserving of hoisting Lord Stanley's Cup. All right, we're going to talk about the Tampa Bay side of things. And you know who I'm going to talk about a lot in the next segment. So we'll get to that after this brief word from Bet Online, which has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. And congrats to the Warriors on winning their seventh NBA championship. And if you go on bet online, if you bet on the Warriors, you would have made quite a bit of money. And also, Stanley Cup Finals. Colorado is still the favorites. But hey, if you think that Tampa Bay could come back in this series, then you could make a ton of money on bet online. So use your mobile device or use your laptop to go to bet online 
right now and check out all the props, all the odds, all the lines because Bet Online is where the game starts. Bet Online is the official online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And please gamble responsibly. Welcome back to Locked On, and I'm Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez, and let's talk about the Tampa Bay side of the Stanley Cup final. Look, you know who you know who it's going to be. It's going to be Pat Maroon, and it's also going to be Corey Perry, who is still getting paid by the Anaheim Ducks to play somewhere else. It has been three consecutive seasons and three consecutive Stanley Cup final appearances. Yeah, how are you feeling about that, Ducks fans? Hey, you know what? I mean, the buyout at the time, at the time, was needed for cap relief. But this was back when Bob Murray was the GM. They needed to get that done. Were Ducks fans happy about that? No. I mean, that that was a tough one. That was tough. And it was cool seeing Corey Perry play for Dallas and get to the cup final only to lose. And then seeing him have that miraculous run with the Canadians last season, get to the finals again, and lose. Now he's in the final again, down 2-1 to in this series, but not, not before making a little bit of history and a little bit of cool history, might I add. Corey Perry scored a goal, a very important goal, by the way, in Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Final, a power play goal. That means that Corey Perry has now scored in three consecutive Stanley Cup final. But that's not the funny thing. Here's the really cool, amazing stat. With that goal, Monday night, Corey Perry becomes the first player in National Hockey League history, in all of final history, to score with the most teams in the Stanley Cup final. He has scored in a Cup final with four different teams. Here's the guys that have scored with three different teams. Peter Sikora, Mark Recchi, Alan Stanley, Ken Linesman, Claude Lemieux, Mike Keane, Ab McDonald, Phil Esposito, and now Corey Perry. He scored in the 2007 final with the Ducks, the 2020 final with the Stars, the 2021 final with the Habs, and now the 2022 final with the Tampa Bay Lightning. How? How? <laughs> How are we still doing this? I don't know. But you know what? You got to tip your cap to him. Whether you love him or hate him, you got to tip your cap to the guy for still having the drive to play and for still wanting to contribute to his team at this stage of his career and this late in the season. He still has the passion. He still has the fire. He was still pumped when he scored that goal. A great, amazing statistic, but also just an amazing future Hall of Famer. Yeah, I do think that Corey Perry is a future Hall of Famer along with Ryan Getzloff. Let's be real here. Corey Perry and Ryan Getzloff, when those two paired together, they were pretty unstoppable for a long time. So I would say that, yeah, Perry's a future Hall of Famer. And that's that's just a weird stat altogether. But let's talk a little bit more about just the road that Corey Perry's taken after being bought out. Dallas picked him up. It wasn't thought by anybody that Dallas was going to win 
the West that season. A lot of people picked Colorado to win. A lot of people thought that the Avalanche were going to be the team to beat in 2020. And they would be right in saying that. Nobody thought they would the Habs would win in 2021. Once he left Dallas and went to the Habs, there was not many expectations for Montreal that season. In fact, everyone said, oh, Toronto's going to win the North. Toronto's finally going to get out of the first round. They're going to win the first round of the final or the playoffs because it's Toronto's division and no one else's. So no one really thought much of Montreal. Then this season, he goes to a team that had just won two consecutive Stanley Cups. It had been 15, it is still, as of this moment, 15 years since he last won a Stanley Cup. He has come a long way and has had a long road to being back to where he is and being in an actual decent position to possibly win the Cup. Just because Tampa Bay's down 2-1, they're not dead and in the, like they're not out of it by any means. Tampa Bay could come back again. We've already seen it happen this postseason. So it'd be cool to see Corey Perry win one here. It would also be cool to see Pat Maroon, the big rig, win his fourth consecutive Stanley Cup. He's already won 15 consecutive playoff series, the most since the New York Islanders back before I was born, back in the early 80s. Now we look at the big rig and what he's done. He had, he's had some stupid goals this playoffs. He had a decent goal on Monday night, scoring his fourth of the postseason. This was just kind of a weird goal that Pat Maroon scored, but hey, it was a good one, right? Kind of like flipped it just over the shoulder of Darcy Kemper. That was the goal that chased Darcy Kemper out of the game was after Maroon's goal. That one, that was not really a stupid goal. That was just a little flip, and I don't think Darcy Kemper expected that to flip right over his shoulder. But good awareness by Pat Maroon and the fact that he's still going and still smiling and still going out there the way he is. You know, tip your cap to Pat Maroon as well, who's still doing it. I mean, the Corey Perry goal, that was just like a weird deflection, like off the post and he banked it in. Pat Maroon's was just a flip. And I think that took Colorado out of its game. And it was after that goal, it was after the Maroon goal, where I said, you know what? This could be the moment. That goal could be the moment where it is a real turnaround for Tampa and that could propel them to possibly come back in this series. I'm not saying they are going to come back, but if there was a moment where this series could go long, that was it. I wouldn't be shocked if this series goes six. I wouldn't be surprised if this series goes seven. I'd love to see this series go seven because we have two dynamite teams in the cup final and they have been fun games to watch so that's what i'm hoping for let's see this one go seven games let's see a game seven and it could be two former ducks winning it that could be a story in itself now i'd be remiss if i didn't talk about the other shenanigans that went on between the former ducks you knew i was gonna go here the little bit of infighting especially in game three (laughs) Between Corey Perry, Pat Maroon, Josh Manson, and Andrew Cogliano, all four of those guys were kind of getting into it a little bit with each other. Okay, more than a little bit with each other, I'll admit. Was it a little bit hilarious seeing those guys come in there? Yeah, a little bit. 
was it also funny just seeing the reaction from everybody? Yes, it was absolutely freaking hilarious. And got to give a shout out here. Shout out big time to Piero at that go at that Gomez who said that Josh Manson and this was a hilarious moment. Josh Manson laid out Corey Perry. Corey Perry went hard into the boards. And then Pat Maroon attacked Josh Manson for it. Or as he put it, duck on duck on duck crime. But I had to point out, hey, Cogs was there too. I mean, he was there late a couple seconds later, but he said, hey, what about me? So Cog starts going in there. He starts grabbing players. He grabs his former teammate. All four former ducks are kind of grabbing each other, kind of looking at each other going, hey, what's up with that? Yeah, <laughs> just duck on duck on duck on duck crime. And after that moment, it started to continue for the rest of the game. In the third period, we saw Corey Perry instigating once again. We saw Manson mix it up again. We saw Pat Maroon get in there again. We saw Cogs instigating a little bit. There's a little bit of edge in each of their games. And I am here for it. But there's also something not quite poetic, but something maybe fitting about seeing these former ducks go after each other like that. There's something fitting about it. Just thought I'd put it out there. All right, we're going to head into the second intermission and we're going to talk about another name that I have on my radar, Jonathan Lekedimaki. But first, I want to talk to you, the listener, because we have an important favor to ask you. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcasts even better. This is your chance to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On podcasts. So go to LockedOnPodcasts.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take long, and everyone that completes the survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 100-buck Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcasts.com slash survey. Thanks for all your help. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with J.D. Hernandez, and we're going to talk about draft stuff. And I want to talk about this and give it its its due time, its own proper time, because I talked about this last week where I wanted to talk about more draft prospects and who the Ducks could possibly take in the first round. Last week, I did talk about Kevin Korczynski quite a bit. And I wanted to give other players their due time. And the other reason I have other names on my radar is because there was there's lists that come out pretty much every day now up into the draft. And there was an interesting one from Hockey Prospecting. And one guy that I really liked, Kevin Korczynski, he is now sixth on that ranking. And there are even some writers out there saying that he could go as high as number a couple saying as high as number five. I'm like, wow. I mean, I know his stock rose a lot during this postseason in WHL, but that's a little high to me. So there is the possibility that the Ducks might not get a chance to pick him up. There's also been some guys sliding quite a bit. Matthew Savoy, that's a name that slipped a bit. And another one that's slipped that I like a lot, Isaac Howard. I'll talk about him a little bit. Frank Nazar, he's also slipped. Cutter Gauthier, has been as high as 7 and as low on this particular list as 22. And that kind of shows you the unexpectedness of this season's draft. And also, 
another list that I looked at, and this is according to the Elite Prospects Draft Guide. They say there's a definite fall-off. You ready for this? After the number 23 pick. So maybe it's lucky that the Ducks were able to move up a little bit and get the 21st pick. Thank you, Tim. Like, thank you to the teams that made it to help the Ducks out for that first-round pick. And thank you to Boston for making that trade. But anyway, so a couple other names that I just mentioned right there. But the guy that I want to focus on for this particular segment today is Jonathan Lekedimaki. And the reason for that is because the Ducks could use some help on scoring and they could use another depth right winger or two. Now, hockey prospecting has him at number 11. The elite prospects guide has him at number 18. So this could be a reach. I don't think he'll get as far down as 21. He probably will be available in that 10th slot. There's other names I want to look at, but today it's going to be Lekadimaki, who is currently playing for Jurgardens in the Swedish league. He's 5'11", only weighs about 170. He has one of the best shots in this season's draft. In fact, Elite Prospects has him as the second-ranked best shot out of all prospects. Now, one thing I like about his game, he's a high IQ player. He's always looking across the ice, looking to make that perfect pass or that perfect shot. Ducks fans might like to hear this. He's a shoot-first player. He's not a pass-first player. We've seen that with Ryan Getzloff a ton, and we've even seen that a little bit with Trevor Zegras. Zegras does have a stellar shot, but Zegras still has a tendency to think pass first. So then you could have a guy on the wing like Lekerimaki who's shoot first. Maybe there's that combination there of having someone pass first and looking for that shot. And having the second best shot in the entire draft, that's got to say something. He is only 17 right now. He turns 18 July 20... Yeah, July 24th. And honestly... I I like the skill here. The skill set that he has for his shooting makes him probably one of the best players in this draft, at least in my opinion. That's his biggest... Yeah, his, his biggest asset is his shot. One of the best. Another thing I like, the skating is pretty good. Uh, one of... I would say a, a slightly above average skater, which is what they need. The one thing he has to work on is he needs to bulk up a little bit. He has to get more physical, and that will come with time. Again, he's only 17 years old. The bulking up is going to take some time, unfortunately, but that's that's how it is with most of these young guys. And he is expected to possibly play in juniors, probably stay in Sweden for another season, so he could be NHL-ready in a couple of years. He is expected to possibly play in World's Juniors. So, hey, there, there's that, right? Yeah. And the Ducks the Ducks do like their European players for what it's worth. And still had a terrific season down in Jur Gardens, which is good for him. He In the SHL, he scored 9 points in 26 games. In the Jur Gardens under-20 league, he scored 35 points in 26 games. So middle of the season, he graduated to play with the big boys. 
and he seemed to hold his own with the big boys. In the under-18 tournament, that's where he really shone. I mean, this kid just showed up big time, scoring an astounding 15 points in six games. He was one of the stars of the under-18 World Juniors just recently, and he is expected to play in the World Juniors this coming summer for Sweden. So, hey, possible one of those guys that can play in both World Junior Championships this coming year. And kind of a weird way to do it, too. Because by the time the WJCs begin in August, he will have just turned 18 and would therefore be eligible to play for the World Juniors in both the under-18 and the under-20 this year. Really strange. But it would be cool to see, right? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. And as I mentioned, next season he is expected to come back to Sweden and play for Jur Gardens once more to get some more work in, to get some more bulking up, and just to work on his overall game more. While the shooting is good, you know, that's that's the big thing. It's a slap shot that he has. It's really the tricky shots, and by that I mean the deceptive snapshot or the wrister that doesn't have a whole lot of upper body movement. He just kind of like flicks it and it goes on. And I think that's one of the big assets of his game is his deceptive shots where if you're a goalie and you're screened and you don't see that big movement, it could be deceptive and hard to pick up as a goaltender. So that's one big thing on his game. Another key to his game that I actually kind of like, he's got some good passing, but the puck handling. I want to talk about the puck handling for a brief second. Because with his good skating, he has the ability and has shown this on several scouting videos to keep the puck and have it on a string where he will drive down the neutral zone and protect the puck and just glide it past a couple defenders, which is one of his biggest tools. So there you have the shooting, you have the puck handling ability. The physical, I mentioned, he has to work on. The IQ is good. The skating is still something he has to improve on. It is good. It could be better. The stride could be a little bit better. And, you know, digging digging into the ice could also be better. But that's something that comes with time. That's something that comes with experience. He does play with a lot of pace. He does have more speed than, you know, others in his league. And that's something that, according to scouting reports, he did work on throughout the season. And this is reading multiple scouting reports from David St. Louis, who followed him all season and kind of reading through his scouting reports from all the way back in December into February. And that's one thing that David did point out is that the skating has gotten better. And he's been a better skater than another prospect, Ostlund, who also plays in Sweden. That's something that that's a good trait to have. So I look forward to seeing him in the league, whether the Ducks pick him up or not. I, I would be okay if the Ducks pick him up with the first round pick. You know, having having that best shot and having a shoot first capability is something the Ducks have been looking for for a long time. So that's the next name. And I'll repeat that one more time. Jonathan Lekerimaki. That's another name to look out for in this season's NHL draft. 
All right, that's going to do it for this particular podcast. We're going to have another one coming up shortly where we're going to talk about the NHL awards. That will be a late night Tuesday drop. And then we'll have another podcast. And then we'll have our mock draft up sometime this week. So once again, thank you all for listening. It's greatly appreciated. Don't forget this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, among others. You can follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. Thank you for making this your first listen. And make Locked on NHL your second listen. They do a great job on Locked on NHL. Once again, thank you all for your continued support. It is greatly appreciated. For Locked on Anaheim Ducks, I'm J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the afternoon. Please continue to be safe out there. Be kind to one another and Ducks fly together. Thank you.